Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the American Rugby Show. This is the MLR Breakdown. I am one of your hosts, Alex Corbicero. Joined by the most capped USA Rugby Eagle in history and 2021 USA Rugby Hall of Famer, Todd Clever. And where's Rob? You know what? He's uh, he's quarantined. <laughs> Rob, he got, he got, Rob actually... No, Rob Hoadley this week for everyone. A little bit of banter. Welcome, Todd. But unfortunately, you know, you heard those crickets there. Rob is not to be seen. He is on tour with the USA Eagles. They have touched down in the UK. They're getting ready for their first test on Sunday against England at Twickenham. It's going to be a massive test. So he couldn't be here this week for the breakdown. We're hoping to check in with him later in the week for the State of the Union. So keep an eye out for that. But Todd, it's got you and me, and we're going to ride with the party. We've got the ghillies loaded, the banter's here. Um, and obviously, everyone uh, listening, this show is actually coming out a day later than usual. Apologies for that. We had a busy weekend. No Rob. I had the Quest for Gold 7s on Friday and Saturday where I saw my fiance, an absolute baller, Abby Gastidis, and her teammates rock out hard. I couldn't miss that. Then I had to catch up on the games. Todd had a big day yesterday with his wife's birthday, but we found the time to get this show up and running because we appreciate all the support. I know Todd was blown away by some of the people in person on the weekend who spoke to him. I was the same when I've been at the games. So for all you guys here, this is the MLR Breakdown. Todd, how are we going? Man, very good. Yeah, you you nailed it all of it, all of it down. Um, you know, we you even said, oh, should we just take a weekend off? And I said, you know what? You know, a couple of weeks I probably would have, but now with all the all the check text messages, people seeing that San Diego when I was calling that game, um, you know, definitely could not. Uh you know, disappoint, you know, oh, we, exactly. we, can't, we can't drop the ball. We can't drop the ball. And honestly, to our loyal diehards, I see you every week. As soon as this breakdown show comes out, I see you all listening. Thank you so much for the support. A lot of the feedback I get is when is the merch coming? I think that's the next step we're going to have to do is start rocking out some merch for our diehard audience. But anyway, lads, this show is for you. Todd, let's get into the breakdown. 100% round 15 MLR breakdown. And now a word from our sponsor. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. MLR breakdown, round 15. You know, Corbs, it was a pretty good weekend. Can't say uh, there were many upsets on the table. Um, teams that needed to win, they won. Teams that have been struggling, that uh, unfortunately was, was, was the case. What were your overreactions uh, of it all? Exactly, Todd. I thought the teams that needed the Ws, they got them. And I think that's what's exciting about this league is all the teams in the playoff hunt keep winning, which is just going to make it a fantastic finish. From an LA point of view, you can't sleep on any week because you need to keep pushing as well. It is great to see. And then the other thing that stood out to me was six games this weekend. 
five away wins. Like, you know, that just, you know, it doesn't happen very often in sport where all five teams, Atlanta, the only team who obviously needed to win, who won at home. But that to me as well stood out as an opening round. But I thought the games were good. I thought the action was good. And for me, it's just this run into the playoffs now is just getting spicy. And I absolutely love it. It's what the MLR should be about. The competitiveness, the excitement, the drama, no guarantees on any game or any result or any trophy. And that's what I think we're moving towards. Yeah, 100%. Now let's get into breaking down each and every game of this weekend, round 15. Toronto hosting New York in Atlanta in the snake pit. It's a tough one to travel to, but, uh, you know, Toronto still on their hard uh, hard route to, uh, to getting those victories. Um, they did get a great one earlier in the season up in New York. So I'm sure uh, that that definitely did not help the cause with New York coming down there with a bit of a chip on their shoulder, wanting that revenge, and they got it with a 31 to 24 victory over Toronto. Corbsy, what you got on that game? No, it was a great game. A very competitive match, back and forth. Completely agree with you that New York had emphasis from that result that Toronto put on them at theirs, and the fact that New York need to keep winning and. I am so impressed with New York at the moment. The fact they're able to just keep winning consistently without Andy Ellis, without Hollingshead there. They're starting 9-10. and 10. Connor McManus, Harry Bennett really stepping up and doing a fantastic job for them. And they're just keeping the machine going. They got a little bit of luck with a Thaka Balavu try. Their driving mall is always strong. But on a whole, you know, uh, Toronto are just sort of hanging in there. And, and these teams that need the playoffs, that's just a difference maker between the two sides. No, 100%. I mean, you talk uh, about the, you know, unlucky, you know, Toronto was a bit unlucky. You know, they, they, they don't have the right bounce of the ball a lot of time. They haven't got the call. And this time, you know, that call, there's no TMO going on. And uh, you kind of look at it. And, that, and that's what I think, you know, the MLR can evolve and, and, and get developed into. Uh, but it's clearly, you know, you have two refs. Sometimes you don't see it all. Totally understand it. But they have a right to go upstairs to see. What, what are your thoughts on hold that TMO? It, it's so frustrating at times. Like, you know, I, I think there's another incident this week as well, which is escaping the top of my mind, but we'll get into it. Where When you can't see, uh, you know, you, you know the try hasn't been scored or you know it hasn't and you just got to guess. And, and, and now that the games are so tight, it's only a matter of time when we get to a playoff game or a deciding moment where a team might get hard done by by the lack of TMO. And that's just a growing pain of the league. I do like it from a foul play that I don't I like the way it doesn't slow down the game. I prefer actually a, you know, a sighting system afterwards than long pauses in the game just because I think it's getting out of control in the rest of the world's game. But on a whole, from a try point of view, I think you need TMO. You've got to know if the try scored or not. Fans need to know that. You know, if it's obvious on the video and they're not getting the try, it doesn't look great. So long term, I think that'll be fixed. But short term, very frustrating. You know, while you're talking, I'm just trying to think. TMO, I, I've been saying that for years. and I know it. I've played under it. I've known that. What does TMO stand for? What is that? Oh, here we go, Todd. Testing my knowledge. TMO, that sounds for television match official. So I believe, uh, yeah. I believe that yep. is what it stands for. No, anyway, if someone I, might correct me and now I sound stupid. I hope but, you're wrong. But I, I, know, I imagine if I am, that'd be embarrassing. But I, I think I'm, I think I'm right. No, and, and, and you bring up a good point with M, uh, MLR, you know, you know, growing pains and going to have that. A lot of facilities aren't able to, you know, have that probably. And that's why it's uh, not uh, uh, sanctioned across the league. But it's definitely got to get to a point where it is. And, and in, in fact, of slowing the game down, I mean, maybe, maybe you know, I love how MLRs had the automatic seven. If you score a try underneath the post, 
that's going to be automatic seven speeds up the game. You don't need to have a kick. Um, but then what they've been really strict on this year is that minute kick clock it. Uh, you know, for, for the kickers to take that, uh, you know, penalty kick after they ask for the tee or the conversion just to keep that, you know, game time going up. Maybe, you know, we, we could, uh, as, as fans, you know, do that to the referees. All right, you have one minute to make a decision. You yeah. know, go upstairs, have that so we know it's not going to take, you I, know, slow down the game because I I've seen that, people. mate. Because I, I do think there's benefit from it. But, uh, yeah, the same thing is it just gets out of hand to me. And then everything starts getting checked. And then TMOs feel like they have to check everything so they interlude into games. So I think maybe a clock on the TMO is absolutely bang on that they have to make the call, move on. Todd Clever with the crowd ideas for the I have one world. more I have one more you know it's not up to the referees it's up to the other opposition so Toronto could have thrown a flag out there one minute hey you look at this TMO you have 60 seconds to you know plead your case the game goes fast Done. yeah because I think in the Rainbow League or the Rainbow Cup they've just which is kind of like the Pro 14 mixed with the, high, uh, the South African clubs that I believe is trialing a, a captain's challenge which is in the last like 10, 15 minutes of a game or something where the captain can like challenge, like almost like an NFL challenge call. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of what they're trying to trial, but who knows where it'll go to. And then just finishing up on this game, I thought Toronto, they always score good tries. Uh, the Tuchelet try was was lovely finish off of a, off a spilt ball. Uh, Shepard had a good pick and go carry to get them the tries. They just couldn't stay in the game long enough and they didn't have an answer for Rooney's driving mall. I think uh, Robolo got the first one. Hanko got the second one. And and for me, it's just, you know, a team that has something to prove against a team that's sort of hanging in there. And, and that's that one done. No, and, and also look at that back row try from New York that carved through is 50-odd meters with that. I mean, so if you're going to win games, you got to, you know – put your body on the line you got to make tackles you can't let a back row run 50 plus meters yeah. how could i forget benny Bonasso? i'm sorry to all the rooney out fans out there and benny himself for forgetting this try what a break what a little tip pass from the fijian prop as well to put them away they're in there are on their own 22 look like they're gonna exit play out the back of the first pod 10 hits the second pod of forwards a little tip from the fijian and that sends benny Bonasso on his way and and for a big man who i like for his you know his carries his tackling his line out his breakdown to have the pace and the athleticism to run it in from there as well you know what kid what can't this kid do and I'm sure those are sort of things that might eventually get him on the Eagles radar because I do think he's one of those guys in the MLR that is right on the cusp of being included in the next squads 100% I mean he's a big man running down the hall but nobody wanted to tackle him I mean not to take it away from him but you know this that's got to be a contender for Gillies try of the week I mean I'm not the I almost gave it Gillies try of the week but I'm saving the Gillies try of the week for this week I'll, I'll drop it on you just because that was the MLR try of the week and I've got a nice little theme for this week's Gillies try of the week I bet it's a front row. Um, well, well, <laughs> well done. Well done again uh, to New York on uh, continuing their winning ways. Uh, and we'll move on. New England Free Jacks hosting Nola Gold. New England have not lost a home game. Nola Gold has got to keep winning to make the playoffs. It was definitely uh, the stage was set. Um, you know, Free Jacks went up 9-0 but did not score another point after that. So that was a but a bit disappointing. Um, Nola came away with a 17-9 victory, first loss for the Free Jacks. Another must win on the road for Nola Gold, which is very, very impressive. 
Corbs, what you got? Nola are just accumulating wins. We almost wrote them off because of that six-road game finish, but they haven't dropped one yet. And to go to the Free Jacks, we called this almost a deciding game of, you know, the t who would stay alive as the dark horse in the East for the playoffs, as both these teams needed to keep winning to get there and to knock off the Free Jacks at home to stay there was very impressive. First half, bit of a stalemate. Both teams jockeying for control. I thought Free Jacks were getting the better of it, but Nola had so many gritty defences in their 22. Stop malls, gritty defences, or just gave away the penalty and Free Jacks chipped away at the league and you look at a lead and you look like that was the game. But somehow, the Nola gold, the resilience found a way to get back. Cam Dolan had a fantastic performance. The driving mall try got them in the game, bang on. And then lastly, um, the penalty try, which looked in the corner. Barlow looked like he made an amazing try-saving tackle. Unfortunately, it was high, and that gave the penalty try. And then Nola just closed it out, tight D. I was a little surprised that the Free Jacks could not score a try that whole game. When you're chasing, you need to win. Um, as they pulled away, that was probably the, one of the more disappointing things. But on a whole, this was a great a great win for Nola and it keeps them alive and you know I think it, it, it gives them something you know as they're going to miss some players in these next two weeks with the internationals you know they still got some momentum rolling in as well no 100% I mean you got to uh, mention sort of JP Duplessis you know that that is you know you know carving up the back row all season long uh, for the gold and you kind of wonder you know San Diego's been struggling how could they you know, let that one go. How could they let Mikey Teo go? How could they let some of these stars go? Um, and, they're, and they're struggling. So you, you, you have to wonder sort of on upper management, you know, from San Diego to let these people go that have been such a staple. So, uh, you know, Nola Gold, well done on you. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, got to keep on winning on the road. Exactly, mate. Picking up the pieces where they can. And they've had some injuries this year, but they've just found a way to get it done. So credit to them all. Houston Sabercats hosting the Utah Warriors. Um, I mean, I think everybody called the Utah Warriors coming in to, uh, to pretty much dominate, get the job done. But uh, Houston wasn't going to you know, roll over and let it happen. They came out strong, went, away, went up with a 5-0 lead. Crowd was backing them. They were playing quite well, playing tough. Uh, and then it was just a matter of time until Utah dissembled them. Uh, they came away with a 24-5 victory. And the most important bonus point try an 80-plus minute that Utah comes out with. Um, I, for, for me personally, I was I didn't get to watch this game because I was on site at San Diego Austin. I was covering on on sideline reporting, and I was getting updates. Three tries, three tries, 78 minutes. I was like, I bet you they're going to score a bonus point in the 80th minute because that's what Utah does. And, uh, and they did it. Corbs, how was that one? Mate, you bag on, bro. The buzzer beaters continue again. Like, what a roll. What a momentum. Going down to Houston, you know, it's a possible banana slip for a team that, you know, just need to keep winning. But they, they played it... Pr pretty well I thought he kicked a bit more to try and keep Houston in the half get the ball back I saw Mikey Teo try a few chips a, a number of guys so I imagine that was part of their game plan somehow went down from a lovely little pick uh, blind from Dicky Dicky Latte catching the, the, the no one home on the outside there got the try and you thought uh oh is this the potential banana skin but then they sort of just found their way Whippy's try in the corner off the scrum but what I love was Mikey Teo getting that ball off of uh, off first receiver off the scrum Footwork, offload, sets up the trial on the edge. Like, you know, does it says it all. Like Mike Teo 
give him the ball. The way they he's at nine, he's at ten, he's at fifteen, he's everywhere on, the, on with the ball for Utah, and he makes stuff happen. Um, I thought Utah credit them to get a penalty try down at Houston, even with a few changes. That's no easy task. And then as well, the Cruze try. I like this because it comes off the box kick up to compete, get the ball back. They eventually go through a few phases, go out wide, and it's a really nice finish from Cruze, who's pretty much double marked there near the line, but he gets through and gets over and gets a try. And then the Van Vuren try was that last-minute buzzer beater, which got them the bonus point. And, you know, for Utah, I thought this was quite a good game, only conceding five points kicking a bit more, showing a bit more of a well-rounded game plan as the playoffs emerge. They keep winning, but they're also adding a little few wrinkles to the game. I think they're going to be an absolute nightmare to play for anyone in the playoffs if they get there. So, you know, the emphasis on them is to keep winning. They obviously have a bye next week while a lot of their big players are away, and then they have to survive one game without the big pieces. Yeah, I mean, you you touch on it. You know, Houston only scoring five points. That is a that is a record on a defensive stat for Utah. That's the the least amount of points that they've allowed against them. So that's going to put a feather in their cap and give them the confidence because we talked about them earlier in the season of being able to you know put tries on, but their defense was was pretty uh, you know non non-existent, non-force, and and they're just winning those games by uh, scoring a lot of points, but also letting a lot of points in. Uh, this time they definitely, uh, you know, shut them down one try, which was, you know, a try, but they came back and answered. So, you know, credit to them. Just as I said, they are a very dangerous team and uh, we'll see what happens after this bye week. I'm sure they're going to be, uh, you know, you know, taking care of themselves time, timely, very timely uh, bye week for them to have to miss a couple of their players, but they'll be coming on all cylinders when they uh, when they return. Yeah, and just, uh, you know, sad to see Houston, you know, losing again. A weary sort of group just hanging in there. Obviously, already announced they lose, lost their head coach. Lots of change probably going to come in the long term. But right now, uh, for them, you know, it, it it's sad to see sort of, uh, you know, the trickling out of this season. It is, you know, and you look at the stats from season to season to season. Their, their most successful was a year one whenever there was only seven teams. Um, it, it is it is disappointing, and I think they have to look at it. We've talked about it, but on a high note, their fans were there. They were enjoying uh, the, the rugby, the atmosphere. They put on a good show away from things, uh, so hopefully they can put on a, a good show within the 80 minutes. Atlanta hosting D.C., the only home victory of the round. And uh, it was pretty much a one-sided affair in my thing. I mean, they were up. Uh, D.C. came up a little bit. But uh, all in all, it was uh, it was all Atlanta in the snake pit. Uh, Corbs, what would you take on that one? Mate, I wish I had a DJ Khaled another one. Another one, just to repeat every Atlanta win. They are a well-oiled machine. Uh, You can see their game plan. It works week in, week out. Rinse, wash, repeat. You know, you look at their tries. um, Obviously, Van Rensburg, the first try off a good latch, carry off nine. But it's all from maul, pressure, kick chase, defense, kick throughs, keeping teams in their 22, squeezing them. And then when they finally get the ball, being very direct, using their big carriers, wearing you out, and either going through you the middle or creating space on the outside. So you had the Van Regsburg try. You had the Grunewald pick and go try as well, which came from a mall, very much the old rinse, watch, repeat sort of status. Uh, the Palamo try was lovely from the OGs to come back and threaten it. You know, it's had some real bright sparks this season and been a, you know, a danger player in a team that maybe 
hasn't quite had the other pieces around to be in that sort of upper echelon of this league. I think you know they're competitive at scrum time, but the OGs just made too many mistakes that kept playing into Atlanta's hands, in my opinion. Um, the Austin White try comes off a cross field, but that's off a really, really big mole that gets them down there, and it's actually like a barnstorming mall where they get almost 10 15 meters and then they have the ability they finally recycle it out they know where the space is and they find it on the outside and, and that's what i love about atlanta they take their opportunities they are a team that are going to be a nightmare to play in the playoffs and that race between them and rooney and who gets home field advantage is is, is going to be fascinating because it's going to be a photo finish with rooney having a game in hand and then obviously o'keefe you know what what more can you say about him you know this guy just keeps impressing us usually it's with defense with intercepts this was just a lovely hard line on the goal line those direct sort of center lines against the grain you get the ball right at the line it's very hard for defenders because they're watching the ball at the base because the nine could almost go from right out on the goal line and that's just mission accomplished for Atlanta and even miss missing Wingluski and a couple others I think um uh, what was it? They didn't have Carlser in either. Uh, Skura was playing 10. They had a few changes around the park and they still get it done. That's what sort of a good game plan system and, and you know, and breeding that sort of, you know, through your squad as an identity, you get that as well when your depth can sort of still pull off the same victories. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, you, you, you talk about sort of, uh, you know, Scott Lawrence's, you know, bread and butter and the team and how, how well drilled they are. And it doesn't matter if you're going to be, you know, we're at a one year back or 17 or even look at the community because I know uh, their their depth is quite there. So, again, well done for Atlanta. You know, keep pushing the thing. But I did want to bring up one thing on this game. Um, I don't know if anyone else saw that. Maybe I just see things that, that, that others. But uh, when Tanana in the 45th minute got his yellow card, um, was shown the yellow, and it looked like he was going to try to rip it out of, or take it out of the referee's hand. I don't know what he was doing, but he ended up not doing it. Um, it would have just been funny. I, I mean, I just saw that, and I was like, what the heck's going on? Is he going to take it, give it a little signature, give it back to him, like uh, like Bono in that Bono, no, Bono's ad in, uh, in the 1990s? I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm just... No, mate, I, I saw like I, I just didn't quite catch my mind, but I need to go rewatch it now. He said the 45th minute, I'm gonna go check it out uh, and see what's up. But maybe our fans as well, listening to the show, comment your thoughts on it, whether it's on YouTube or on our socials, and let us know what you think about it too. Because I think it's good to try and get some fan engagement for all the all you hard, hardcores that keep listening to us. We really appreciate it. Let's do it. San Diego Legion hosting Austin AGs. In the last of uh, Torero Stadium in San Diego in front of fans, they definitely wanted to come out uh, and, and give their fans uh, something to cheer about, sell some season tickets for next year. And on top of that, they wanted to spoil the playoff hopes that the AGs have uh, going through. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Austin was just way too good, outclassed, outmuscled, out coached out, played out everything um, on the road. Uh, you know, Austin had a, had, a, had a tough week. They they played Seattle. They stayed on the West Coast, trained in California, made the seven-hour bus ride down to, uh, you know, from where they were staying and training down to San Diego. Uh, so so it, was, it, was, it was a tough one, you know, for them, but they got the job done, winning 33-14. to 14. Um, Halftime, it was 14-14. You look like you think it like, you know, scoreboard. They're in it. They're in it. But, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I was, you know, sideline. It just, 
you know, the scoreline said that they were in it, but they weren't really in it. Uh, both their tries were from interceptions, from turnovers, long distance tries, which which is great under pressure. But I mean, it was the wrong kind of pressure that they're they're getting their points from. Um, and Austin, just too good. I mean, they want that. They have the same exact, same exact, uh, you know, uh, wins and loss record uh, as Utah, but the bonus points have, have, have been falling short, but they got that bonus point win, 33-14, like I said. Corbs, what were your thoughts on this game? Mate, I think you summed it up really well. Like, Austin were in control. Like, most of the game is in, in, the, in San Diego's half. You know, the two San Diego tries, let's get them out of the way first the first basson uh try comes from a um morani uh he gathers the ball it's actually from hugh roach who spills it and to be honest it's to me it's a bullet of a pass from dehas a little bit and it's a little bit off his hands spills it morani gathers it goes 80 something meters how about the cover tackle from Connie Mooneyham to get there and find Morani? And you think maybe uh, the AGs have found a way to survive, but unfortunately then Basson, or unfortunately for Austin, I should say, Basson gets the ball and, and they score. And, you know, that's against the grain. And that's part of what San Diego want to do. They want to, they want to, you know, score off counterattack, back their defense. But you don't want to be just defending in your half, your 22 the whole time. And I really think that's what Austin did. The next try they got was later in the half, and that was a Basson intercept. Clearly read the play really well. He goes the length, and that was really it from San Diego. They had muscle in the scrum. They had some physicality around the, uh, around the park with some of the players they had. But they just lacked the control, and they fed into Austin's game plan. And you know what? Credit Austin. Austin mauled them. Yes, I thought San Diego scrummed Austin, but Austin went at San Diego at the mall and they got the reward. They got the Roach try that comes off a really strong mall. Um, you know, they got a Bryce Campbell try where he was just very direct off a scrum. All of this is from control, pressure in the 22, and Austin are slowly getting better. I still think their attack needs to keep improving, especially as they get to the, the playoffs. I want to make sure that they're able to score tries all the time instead of, you know, scoring enough by controlling, but I do see a lot of improvements there. McIntosh try was absolute, you know, savviness from a veteran. You know, we saw Cam Dolan do something similar this year, you know, knowing that that ball's over the line down there. It came off of Austin's actual own line out, which they messed up. You're thinking, oh, another opportunity gone. But then, you know, the whopper finds a way, dives over and gets the try and, uh, you know, credit that. And then what about McCaffrey? What a signing, you know, McCaffrey is, you know, involvements across the park, scores a try, uh, of his own and then sets up the Dahas try. What a signing to pick up. I've seen this guy play in the Premiership for a number of years. He was ace at Leicester Tigers. They've picked him up right at the right time. He's a player that makes something. And I also think Austin as well. Uh, I really like Marath at 10 and uh, Matt Mason at 15. I just think they attack better, look more dangerous. And I even think they kick better and control better from there. So I think, I think they're a team that look good. They got to keep winning because them and Utah is going to come down to the wire. They're going to really hope Utah lose that game where they don't have their big players here for that one game. Otherwise, it's going to be really tough for Austin to make the playoffs. This week's American Rugby Show was brought to you by Gilly's Legendary Lager. A lager this crushable doesn't come around that often. Let's find out. I stand by that statement. Seattle hosting the hot LA Guiltinis. It was 101 degrees on that turf. 
Um, my goodness, you could just see on the camera just how how warm it was. The boys on both sides of the ball were uh, were struggling on the warmups, but um, you know what? LA had a job to do. They got it done. Um, Seattle wanted to definitely spoil that and give their crowd uh, you know something to cheer about. Um, just wasn't their day as they've been uh, struggling throughout the season. Um, Corbs, what do you have on us on this game? Well, I think LA just about got it done. If I'm honest, this is the ultimate time to use the word a tale of two halves because the first half looked like absolute mission accomplished from LA. Four tries up, bonus points secured, and then the second half was an absolute nightmare. I thought the first half, um, you know, kept possession well, uh, scored the first try, which was Adam Ash. That came from good possessions down in the 22. Two injured players down from uh, Seattle at that time, so they had a huge overlap in numbers. They go back that way. There was two or three players that could have scored that try. Um, you know, I thought the set piece was going pretty well for them in the first half. The scrum looked dominant with some nice penalties. I thought there was one penalty that went to Seattle, which was a terrible call, but, you know, that's just me venting and getting that out of the way. Then the Christian Rodriguez try, you know, for a guy making his first start, this was a, a draft pick. LA picked him up late because of the Dallas mishap with them not coming into the league. This guy sat on the bench for every game in the MLR this year. Finally got to go to start. First year out of college, American 9. So good to see. Man of the match performance. Looked like, you know, LA weren't skipping a beat in that first half. He gets a lovely try. You know, they go back, um, play out the back. I think Marco... Uh, the tight head does a fantastic job for LA of not overrunning and pulling that ball out the back. Gives them time. Ryberg makes the break. And then Christian Rodriguez with that. Just, you know, that's Aaron Smith line. You know, that's what you get playing with, with a, a Goddard and stuff. You start to learn these things. Supporting on the inside. Gets a roar for the try. And credit to him. And then we get on to the next try. Which is, you know, sensational work from LA. And that man, Christian Rodriguez, standing up again with the intercept or the strip this time as such, makes the break, stays on his feet once he gets down there so he can recycle the ruck. Then lovely hands from LA. And then Ryan James, two young Americans playing in a top side in the MLR, connecting there with big moments. And Ryan James, who's having a terrific season for LA and had a very good game on the weekend, gets the try. I mean, Corpse, that try had it. American-made hometown heroes, draft picks, MLR sensations. That's got to be the try of the week. That Does is it not? the try of the week, mate. That is the Gillies try of the week. It's 4th of July. We've got to pick the young Americans coming through. And obviously, we'll be cracking many a Gillies for that as well. So shout out that. And then, you know, I think LA were really professional to close out that first half, not let Seattle off the hook. And I think they got then the Billy Meeks try right before the half secured the bonus point. This is kind of then where the game started to unravel because... Gradually, as LA came out in that second half, they they mess up an exit, you know, first first bit of the game. They end up defending in their 22 for, you know, the next five, six minutes. The penalty count was outrageous in the second half. The error count was outrageous in the second half. You know, Seattle scored two tries, credit them, they actually earned those tries, but LA held up about two or three other tries or they could have lost that game. And really it was a lack of control, a lack of discipline, some inexperience out on the field and, and new guys finding their way. Two yellow cards at the same time down to 13 men. I think LA just did a good job to get out of dodge and, and, and still come away with a bonus point win. When you look at what happened in that second half, credit Seattle, they fought tooth and nail for everything. I thought they could have, you know, 
if they got those two tries or got those two held up tries, that's a really tight game. So for me, a nervous one in the second half, but job done to LA and they march on at, at top of the league. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, hearing quotes and, and, and reading articles afterwards, uh, you know, between the players and the coaches and the staff, uh, it, you know, they're, they're definitely not happy with that second half. They got a lot of things to, to do. So, I mean, if you want to blame it on the heat, the travel, the whatever else, uh, because, I mean, traveling and turf have sort of been, uh, you know, those are where the two losses came from, you know, in New York on turf travel, uh, in Atlanta on turf, you know, traveling. Seattle, I know that they wanted to ride that ship, looked really good on the first half. Uh, they definitely got away with it, but uh, there's a lot of room for improvement, but they still got that W and that five points. Absolutely, mate. MLR preview of the upcoming week, America's birthday, July 3rd and July 4th, week 16. Let's talk about it, Corbs. We got some games going on, and I definitely see some grudge matches, and we have you know what's built up, what we thought was going to be the biggest game of the season that was marked on the calendar. It's Seattle and San Diego. I mean, both teams have been disappointing on records and on show, everything else. What uh, What's your predictions for this game coming up? I think this is about bragging rights now. Both these teams don't have uh, a lot to show for it in the league for this season. It's been frustrating for both of them, but I think both of them are teams that have improved as the season's gone on and, you know, have, you know, the best squads that they've had for, uh, you know, throughout the season, you know, they've had those players and you're seeing improvements in them. I think I just got a favor at San Diego Legion. I just think that they're, they're going to be missing, uh, you know, less players than than Seattle. I think they'll be, you know, even double stung after the two Gilcrest teams came to them and lost at home twice. They'll need to fix that down there. They lost to Seattle in a game they should have won in their eyes in in in, in the round, you know, earlier in the season. So for me, I think the physicality of San Diego, the set piece, especially with with Seattle missing their two. Uh, Canadian international props, the depth of that set piece. I think their front row are going to pretty much have to go 80. And uh, with Paddy Ryan and, and those boys, you know, tearing teams up down there, um, that to me worries me a bit too. And I think those penalties and that dominance then will phase into um, San Diego's control. Because I think San Diego are going to have to kick better, get out of their half more, and, and actually control the game a bit better to not just be stuck in the 22. And a lot of that's just discipline and defense as well and, and, and penalty count. But I think they would have learned the lesson because they've got so many good pieces in that team. I, th I think they're only going to get better as time goes on. I mean, they're not playing at the stadium. They're playing back down in Chula Vista in front of no fans. Uh, and, and that's a, a, a decision that the hierarchy of the ownership and, and executives made. Uh, I find that very interesting because they have they had the opportunity i know i i don't know i mean what what are your thoughts on that sort of decision See, i i don't know enough about it so i don't want to say like there's no inside information but my opinion or my observations from the outside are oh, they've just written off the cost i even with crowds and everything at torero it's probably maybe a, a financial move to just you know cut off any of the fat this season of the losses that they can they've obviously had to spend a lot with covid the disruptions Torero costs money if the game's not at home they had two games they showed they still have a fan base probably pulling back to me seems a financial sign more than anything but what do i know i'm just a scrum coach and a podcaster so who knows but that's <laughs> that's, that's my assessment from the outside in i hadn't actually heard that but now in, now that, in that in that order as well you yeah. scrum coach then podcaster but uh, soon that order will change, I'm sure, with this personality. Rapper, just above all of those for life. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, I just feel bad for the fans because they definitely, uh, you know, enjoyed it. I mean, I, uh, I I love going down there. I love uh, having my family going down there, inviting all my San Diego friends to introduce rugby. Uh, but like you said, they're probably writing it off, looking forward to next season. Um, and hopefully they can, uh, you know, definitely uh, come out better. Agreed, mate. They'll be back. They're, they're, you know, that ownership group is, is as much as this year has been an absolute, uh, you know, mess up for them. On a whole, you know, that ownership group has been very committed to that team. Torreira's amazing stadium, amazing environment. I, I feel they'll be they'll be back and, and they'll probably have a, a force behind them after the way this season's gone and a point to prove next season. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, news just hit the headlines. I'm not even sure if you saw it. It just came out that uh, Saul Muchain is saying his farewell to San Diego. Whoa. So, I mean, we had him on the podcast. I know he's, uh, you know, looking at overseas. That's his goal of going overseas. If something came up, I don't know. But uh, that's definitely a loss for that team and for that fan base because he uh, he's been definitely a driving force on that. Huge loss. Didn't know that. So you're just giving me breaking news on the pod. So I haven't had time to digest or text him and ask what's up. But yeah, my guess is probably didn't have the greatest season enjoying it. He had his standout playing season, but off the field, I know they're still living in some form of like hotel accommodation. That must be wearing on players. And maybe with Sam and the potential he has, he is a player that I, I think any overseas team would be lucky to pick up. And if they have, great opportunity. If he comes to another MR team, San Diego's lost because he is one of the absolute studs of this year, uh, this season. 100%. And all the best to Sam uh, for the future. And obviously this weekend playing against uh, you know England at Twickenham exactly. uh, and the rest of the Eagles. Exactly. Next game that we're going to preview is New York traveling to New England. Uh, New England just got beat for the first time at home. Uh, it looked like a great crowd, great atmosphere. They definitely want to uh, ride that ship and get that victory over uh, Rooney. Uh, do you think they're going to get it done? What are your thoughts on this, Corpse? That New York-Boston uh, New England rivalry uh, is is getting stoked. And yeah, I think it's do or die for the Free Jacks. You know, they, I think, mathematically maybe still have an outside chance. I haven't got my calculator out. But either way, after losing their first ever game at home, we'll have a point to prove and come out. Can they handle a New York that needs to keep winning? Um, both these teams obviously will be missing a, a player or two, I believe, with the internationals. I think New York probably missing more off the top of my head. I think this is a winnable game for either team. I think this will be competitive. I think Free Jacks will have the set piece to, to compete with uh, New York. Maybe not as much as at the scrum, but definitely at the mall and the line out. And I think Free Jacks will try and play quite a strategic game of game control, kick savvy, defense, and pick their opportunities to chip away at New York. Um, New York are a very physical team, a lot of momentum, can play a few different styles and have a really strong set piece. Um, and you just can't sleep on them. They can score tries from anywhere with all the weapons they have. Let's see if they can do it on the road against the tough New England Free Jacks. Next game, we have Toronto hosting, somewhat hosting in Atlanta, their home base for this year. Uh, OGs of DC. What are your thoughts on this, Corbs? I think this is the OGs game. Uh, you know, I, they... they keep coming out on the wrong side of these games that they're, they're a good team when they get it right there's so many good things about them I like the players in their side and this Toronto team that's been wearing on their last legs for a while is right for the picking uh, because they've just been raided by the amount of Canadian players that are going to have to go and play in these tests so for me that really stacks the favor in uh, OG's hands and I think they get it done uh, down in Atlanta I think you know they've got the finishers um I'm interested to see, you know, some of the depth of 
Toronto and how they played. I know they made a few signings to be able to deal with that. But on a whole, um, I just think this is the OG's game. And these are two teams that, you know, both have nothing to play for in the league. We want to finish strong um, and finish on the East. No one wants to be bottom of the East. And so I think both these teams are really going to give it some. But I think this is the OGs. Last game of the preview of round 16 coming up on the 4th of July. We have Nola Gold traveling west to the LA Guiltinis. I mean, this is going to be a game. Not just the 80 minutes. I know LA is going to get ready for everything for this. I mean, they're uh, they're investing on military night. They're planning a flyover. We're having military for free. Uh, Gillies is sponsoring a huge party. There's going to be food trucks, barbecues, uh, hot dog eating contest. I mean, axe throwing. I mean, you name it. So, I mean, this is going to be a massive, massive event. Uh, you, If you're around, you definitely got to check it out. Uh, tickets starting at four dollars. This is just a plug for sure. I'm just I'm I'm excited for it as you can tell. I mean I'm already having the whole family, a bunch of friends coming up for it, and it, it's going to be a blast. And during that 80 minutes, we have Nola. We've talked about they needed these road wins. Uh, they've been getting them done. Can they come out? Can they achieve what a lot of people are thinking is the impossible beating LA at the Coliseum? Uh, time will tell. But, I mean, it's uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? I want to get yours. Well, you know, it sounds like a great day, and I might have to make my way up and, uh, and come to this game. You know, I usually sit at home in my little bunker and watch all the MLR, uh, but I think maybe for this one I'm going to have to make an appearance just because you sold it to me and it sounds like a great day out. I know it'll be fun. Um, and, you know, what better thing is to see rugby at the Coliseum. On to the game. I think LA are going to look to get the W. They've still got something to play for. They need to keep securing a top seed in their eyes. So they're going to go and, and try and get the win. Um, I expect them to roll on from Seattle to make the fix-ups, to learn. And probably the, the sting of that second half will, will increase the sort of potency of the performance we see. And being back at the Coliseum, they love to play there undefeated there um it's going to be exciting and when you look at nola nola a game opponent i think they'll defend uh with everything they've got but i think they might just be missing too many like i i still think you know fully loaded i think they give la a really good good test missing you know two of their starting front rows dino waldron i believe has started every game for them at tight ed so they're gonna have to search for the depth there that we haven't seen a lot of and then cam dolan out and he's such a big player for them and in their engine room and a few other guys missing here or there i still think you know you cannot sleep on nola gold they find a way to win they've got multiple styles of play they can turn it on dominguez is a finisher just through and through like they are a great team, but I think logistically, I, I favor LA in this one. Yep, I think you're uh, you're along with a lot of other people, but you should definitely leave the bunker and come up to the LA Coliseum. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. We will see you there. Definitely. 7 p.m. Tickets from $4. If you're in the California area, and I know about 300 and something of our listeners are from the data, make sure that that 300 in the area is loud and proud at the Coliseum repping the pod. So thanks to everyone. Todd, I think that's a wrap on this week's MLR breakdown. Really enjoyed the show. We're going to check in later in the week with Rob Hoadley and try and get a State of the Union little preview before the USA play their test on the weekend. A reminder as well, the Lions series is kicking off and it's on 
NBC Sports in America as well on Peacock, live and on demand. Or you can check me out on NBCSN, breaking it down. But for everyone, thanks again for supporting. We really appreciate it. Keep checking out and following our socials at The American Rugby Show on Instagram, at The Am Rugby Show on Twitter. We pump out, you know, interview highlights. We pump out previews. We pump out the breakdowns each week. Just follow your team, share it, like it, comment. We're really enjoying all of your engagements and trying to grow our impression in our audience. A reminder, you can watch the show on YouTube or the Rugby Network as well that will have highlights added in. If you're listening to it, it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. From Alex Kubasero, from Todd Clever, from everyone at the American Rugby Show, from our sponsors, from Gillies. Thanks to you all. We'll see you again later this week. And one more thing. Hodley, I think we did you proud. I hope we did you proud. I hope you're enjoying quarantine in your London small hotel room. All the best. Send our love to uh, to the rest of the Eagles and good luck against uh, good old England. Absolutely, Tom. We had big shoes to fill with uh, with Rob not being there. Lastly, a big thank you for this week's show, which was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.